Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas, online at RedRiverToyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. All right, now let's see if we can make it happen this time. Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphi and also host of the Jeff Calkins Show Right here, 9 to 11, 92 9 FM ESPN. He's on X at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, do I have you this time? Yeah, you you're, yes. must be causing trouble out there at the golf tournament, hey, yes, but I'm yes. right here. Yeah, we're again, Service Master by Cornerstone Suite out here at uh, TPC Southwind. Uh, listen, connection can can go down at times. It's live remote radio, it's how it works. Um, but what's happening? How are you? You doing well? I'm good. I was out there <laughs> earlier and uh, I went to a St. Jude event and Talked to Jack Salmon's bit and ate a rendezvous rib and generally had a fine time uh, of it out there. It is one of the, um, you know, it's interesting. It's really, it, it, I, I was, when I was talking to Jack Salmon, he said it's Salmon's, he said it's, it's at its zenith as an event. Like right. I, this is an event that, that, you know, after the Stanford collapse and whatnot, the Stanford, you know, there, there were times when you wondered whether the tournament would, uh, you know, how it would, would survive in Memphis. And the idea that you have the golfers who you have now um, out there, it's really astounding and a tribute to the folks who just kept working at it. And, and obviously to FedEx, um, which is really the reason it happens, but then St. Jude, um, you know, the beneficiary of it all. And so, I, it is it is one of my favorite events of the year. It's an event where I see lots of folks I know out there, and uh, and I'd urge people that uh, if they have a little spare time or a little spare change this weekend to get out there and, and, and see it themselves. It's thriving. Are you going to make it out over the weekend? Oh, yeah, I'll be out okay. at various points during the, right. during the week. Um, I'm not... You know, I'm not writing as many sports not, columns, yeah, but yeah, I will... Um, but I will be there, and... And... Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great time, and I yep. I like walking the course and um, seeing the folks, and so uh, I'll certainly be there. And you said you ate a single rendezvous rib. I find that more. Well, I ate a rib because um, a bunch. I, they, there is one. there is a <laughs> I ate one because uh, there was a there was a uh, they have a rendezvous they had a rendezvous uh, event set up out there rendezvous has been there for like 30 years or something and um and so i i didn't i wasn't really partaking but after they were done they sort of looked like they were kind of closing up shop but there was this big bowl of ribs that like what and i just walked by and i took one okay. <laughs> i All took right. one and i took one and how can one resist a rib <laughs> you know like a rib although I continue to say that um, when I go to the rendezvous, which I think is, is 
is one of the at this point become underrated. You know, yes, I think it's uh, it I think it's underrated. Uh, I'm a big fan of the nachos, obviously the sausage and cheese plate, but then I think the brisket's tremendous there too, right. secretly. And so, um, so I like the ribs, but there's a lot of other stuff on the on the menu there I like as well. Talking with Jeff Calkins. Um, so we just got done talking about it in the final segment of that, that first hour. Um, SMU jumps the line, it looks like, and the ACC sort of courting them to a certain extent. I get it from a market size standpoint, but we've had this discussion in the past. It, I, I, it, it is always strange to me that the discussion about actual amount of TVs watching SMU or watching some of these programs never really comes into the uh, – into the equation. It's simply about, oh, well, there's 3 million TV sets or whatever in Dallas, but how many of them are actually tuning in to watch SMU basketball and football? None. (laughs) (laughs) Right. None is strong, but SMU SMU has no hold over Dallas. It has no hold over Dallas. It just doesn't. If you line up what matters in Dallas, you start with all the pro teams, and then you go, you know, Texas and Texas A&M, and then, yeah, and and it is so far down the list. All you got to do is go to one of the games, you know, and like like their basketball arena is perfect for them because it's a nice, small, you know, intimate basketball arena. And so, um, but it's, uh, it, it's a yeah no it it just doesn't deliver Dallas well, at all. There was and a so time it, it is frustrating. It now I go ahead. There was I was gonna say there was a time it did right like <laughs> Pony Express days before the death. I guess penalty. in the days of the Pony Express. I mean, in the end, even then it was even then SMU in the Big Twelve was or, or in the in the in the in the. Big Eight, whatever the hell that was called, the, the uh, it, it was back when it was you know before it was was in the Pony in the Pony Express days. Even then, it was more of the nature of like it was Vanderbilt in the SEC because it's a small mm-hmm. private you know college. It's not right. some you know behemoth public university, and so even then it was it was like yeah it was Vanderbilt in the or it was like Duke in the ACC or it was like it was it was that was its fit. So even then, it didn't have. Yes, it did have a. I mean, it was a tremendous, tremendous team back when they were paying market rate for everybody. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, so no, it's discouraging. Now SMU, you know, has a because it's that. It, it's a it's a reasonably well respected. It's not in the category of of Duke or Vandy or Stanford or Northwestern, which are sort of the. But because it's a, it is a well. It is a respected private institution you could see why maybe the acc presidents would think like that's something that fits like who they like to imagine themselves as right Mm -hmm. sort of a sort of a texas wake forest you know that's that that that, that's a reasonable comparison actually it's sort of a wake forest in texas and maybe that fits the the template of how they imagine themselves whereas memphis doesn't so much um, but, you know, I, I mean, Memphis completely fits the template of Louisville because it might as well be Louisville. So, right. um, so I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's all that, that's certainly discouraging. It's just market size, and I, I get that. Um, but I, I just I, I wish, I wish that actual TVs tuning in 
mattered. But again, talking with Jeff Calkins, I did bring up this as well with the Pac-12 now sort of folding in on itself and then likely 108-year history being wiped off the face of the earth. We, it, it calls into question the playoff. Uh, ultimately, and, and what what do you what do you think is going to happen with the playoff? It's supposed to be, it is supposed to be going into 2024. 12 team field, six highest ranked conference champions, six at large teams. Uh, I think you're going to, you know, with the Pac-12, you're not going to get the Pac-12 as an AQ anymore. Um, and it looks like Greg Sankey and some of these high ranking commissioners want to revisit the conversation. I think this is sort of the fast track to hey, top 12 teams play play each other in the playoff and that and that's what we're going to be subject to yeah i mean they're they're clearly going to rewrite that you know now whether they rewrite it after two years or whether they figure out a way to rewrite it after this year i don't really know but yes i mean there's there of course they're going to rewrite that and um and they'll rewrite it in a way that 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 suits the power conferences you know the only reason they ever sort of made room for as they have let's be honest as they have for the for the for the uh, for the American conferences of the world, it feels like they did that breadcrumbs, partly to forestall legal challenges on antitrust grounds or something like give them uh-huh. some little access. And um, but I, it's very clear that that you know whatever the, the yes the, the playoff system that they just designed. Uh, is 100% going to be rear-ended. And part of it was, hey, we're still getting money from this, and hey, if, if, if one group of five team has to get involved, we'll take the money. We'll take the money on the front end and let them get involved. Like that, that sort of feels like where we're at. But I did think that I guess this was me being hopeful about the, their line of thinking. I, I did hope that there was some level of, hey, we do want to provide access to FBS Division One football where it hasn't been provided in the past well and there might still be some technical access and I, i'm not going to pretend i know how they're going to rewrite it to to you know whether they'll write it to completely <laughs> exclude group of five i doubt they will write it explicitly to exclude a group of five completely um but um you know and so there, there may be some access to for the equivalent of cincinnati last year or whatever moving forward but i i don't i have not seen um, anything concrete on how they are going to fashion the new playoff system other than that they will obviously have a new playoff system. Yeah, but we know how it's going to be, uh, how they're going, at least uh, Tony Petiti and Greg Sankey, how they're going to try to view it. I, I don't I, – because Greg Sankey was never in automatic qualifiers. No. No, it will. I mean, again, it'll be to the it'll be to the benefit of the, of the uh, right. Power Five. It'll be to the benefit of the Power Four. You can agree on that. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Yep. Now, um... Did you are you are you into bracketology at this point in the year, or do you uh, do you try to stay away? Seems a little early for me. Seems a little early for me bracketology. But right. um, what what do we have as a late? Tigers moved up one spot and Joe Lenardi's to a seven <laughs> seed <laughs> after the Dominican Republic trip. Uh, do you think? I mean, it's got to be at least a little like view of the talent Kansas, they have. Kansas just lost to Kansas. Kansas lost to the Bahamas. 
So well, they uh, must stink, right? They must. Be so they bad. must stink. So Kansas, you can write off Kansas this year. Um, no, I this time of year, I like all the. Uh, yes, I enjoy bracketology. I enjoy. Uh, I, I was just, you know, I was I was just reading about Pascal Siakam trades. I was like, we're waiting for football to start. So we're waiting for, you know, the NFL to get cranked up. We're waiting for hard knock starts tonight. The Johnny Manziel documentary drops tonight. And so I, I like imagining how good this team might be. And the truth of the matter is, is that I think right now, if you were to offer to most Memphis Tiger fans, hey, I'll let you lock in a seven seed. Would you take right. it or not? So, by the way, by doing that, you're guaranteeing a third straight year in the NCAA tournament, and you're guaranteeing yourself a seven seed. Would you take it? I think most Memphis Tiger basketball fans would say, no, I'll take my chances because I think I can do better than a seven seed. Right. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. When you see FAU ranked as a four and you lost by one and didn't get a timeout called there in the, in the, uh, in the NCAA tournament I think it would be year. disappointing. Right now, as we sit right now, you know, here we are in early August, I think the hopes for this Memphis basketball team are Fire. that they finally – yeah, that they finally get a four seed or get a five seed, or that they're you know that they're in that they have a seeding that allows them to put together a legitimate run. I think that is what we are hoping for, and with good reason from this basketball team. And I, I, um, I think, yeah, I think the look of of getting raised at least right now by a guy like Joe Lenardi does show that maybe by the time we get into camp, we get into sort of the first. Uh, month of the season, the view of this team may be substantially higher than it is right this second. I, 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 I'd have to bet on that. I think people are coming around to seeing what Penny did has done. I think that's true. And then I think if DeAndre gets to be eligible, um, like it's interesting to think is Lenardi's seeding, does that assume eligibility of DeAndre or is that without DeAndre? And I think, so yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a real regard for what Penny's done. It is amazing to think. I mean, is this, it's been five years? It's been five years or this is the fifth year? Is this, I mean, I think it's been five years. And that is, and it doesn't feel like it's ending anytime soon with Penny. And so um, the idea that, that Penny, who so many people, you know, raised their eyebrows when he got the job or, or chortled at the idea of an AAU coach or a former NBA player who was just wanting to be a Dill. Like, I think at this point he is respected as a college basketball coach. He's respected by, as someone who's putting in the work. He's respected as someone who's adapting to the changing world of college basketball. And it's kind of amazing to think he's been here five years and there's no end in sight. Like, I, right. think, I think it's reasonable to think at this point that he will hit double figures in years. Like, if right now I, I told you over and under for Penny coaching at Memphis nine and a half seasons, over. which would you take? Over. You'd take the over. Yeah, 100%. And honestly, when he was hired, it, would I'd... you have thought he would hi- When he was I hired, mean, I, would not have thought, uh... I would not have thought he would have coached for 10 years 
at Memphis when he was hired, but now I just see no signs of them slowing down. It feels like was honestly, that, if you would have gone under when he got hired of nine and a half years, was that because of, of you know lack of results, or would that have been no? I actually I would have figured job. it the other way. I was pretty optimistic that right. he was going to do very well do what he did and then go back to the golf course. You know, like I thought he was going to, it's whatever, seven years is a good long run as a basketball coach. So I might've said, yeah, he'll be the head coach seven years. They get to two sweet, get to a, you know, an elite eight and a sweet 16 and he'll have restored Memphis basketball. And then I'll go back to the golf course. Um, So I had very high hopes for what he would do because I, I I just did. I, I, unlike many, I had confidence in what he would accomplish, but What's funny is, of course, he hasn't accomplished those things at that level yet, um, but it feels like he's getting better, right? Yep. It feels like it, I, maybe one reason I now think he will stick around to 10 years is the first five years have been, let's be honest about it, relative to expectations when he was first hired, have been disappointing, mm-hmm. but it feels like, okay, I had all these things I had to get through. I had this NCAA stuff I had to get through. I had, all, you know, I had to you know, figure out exactly how I was going to be as a coach. I had to, I had to get, I had to improve as a coach. I had to figure out what kind of teams I wanted. And, and, and now it feels like the, I think not only will he be here for 10 years, the next five will be better than the first five. Yeah. He seems to be enjoying himself more now. And that, that makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, he's, he knows what he wants and I don't know if he necessarily knew that coming in, but there was always going to be a learning you know process. I, I so know people played, hate hearing example, that, but that's, that's the truth yeah. of it. When he was down in the Dominican Republic and they asked him, uh, and they asked him about the games, because in the end, these had been front, in front, particularly the first one, a good team, big crowd, whatever else. Mm-hmm. And Penny, you know, joked, man, you know, I can't wait to get my hands on the guy who set up these games. <laughs> and of course it was, it was none other than Penny Hardaway who set up. These games. It's just like a, it's a guy who's, who's having fun relaxed, poking fun at himself. He just seems totally at ease in the job. And so um, in a way that, you know, maybe more than he ever has before. Um, this Orioles broadcast, this, this Kevin Brown story, Crazy. Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown, their, their play-by-play guy, he got suspended or at least put on leave for going on before a Orioles game against the Rays and saying – that the Orioles have been terrible at Tropicana Field against the Rays here in the past, but they're getting a whole lot better. He got suspended for that. I have you seen a suspension for? I mean, less that than was that. Completely I mean, insane. insane. Well, first of all, and it was in the context of they were winning the series against the Rays, right. and it was they've the been, first time in better. forever. And so he's basically saying, uh, you know, well, boy, we've taken on the chin about the Rays for years, but now we're actually beating the Rays. And you're just correct. But the, the, the Orioles aren't using the term suspension, but he's been off the air, and everyone, the reporting is that he's essentially been suspended for that. I really do think that, um, and Jeffrey made this point on my show, I think the league should put, penalize the Orioles for doing that. I think, I think it's appalling that they did that. It's interesting. There's, there's a guy who writes me all the time. And he's a he's a uh, he's a he's a conservative fellow, and he always called. He the other day he said all oh, the the media in this country is state owned and Pravda and whatever else. And 
it's it's so crazy to say that. Like you can say whatever you want about about the New York Times and the Washington Post or Fox or whatever, whatever, and whether they're deluded or whether they have one side or whether they're you know too liberal or too conservative. But there is no state-owned media in uh, you know in 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 the United States. Correct. There is no government entity telling people what to report. But this is essentially the, 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 the baseball equivalent of that. We, because you, you, because you said something that isn't even critical, that, it has, uh, that it's utterly objective and pointed out lack of success by this team in the context of now improved success, Yep. We're suspending you? Like, it's so crazy. It, and it, it's hard to get your mind around. They did it. It's nuts. I mean, he, he is getting suspended for trying to tell a story about the team he covers, the team he does play-by-play for. I mean, Mike, I, I yeah, just no, can't, I can't if, wrap my head, head around it. When the, bill, well, when the uh, Bills, well, it's as if when the Memphis Tigers finally went to a bowl game, uh, the New Orleans Bowl, uh, which was a great and glorious event, and I was able to cover. It was as if I pointed out that it's been, you know, 30 years since they've been to a bowl game, and now they're going to a bowl game. I would have been suspended for pointing out that it was however many years. Oh, well, kind of. I mean, it's just you, you can't even believe it. Like I literally watched the clip. I saw he was suspended. I watched the clip, and I thought I missed something. And so it's then I watched yeah. the clip again, and I thought I missed something. And it's just. Nuts that he was suspended well, for that. The Angelos family did that. To, I mean, I wouldn't say did exactly this, but John Miller got, I think he got, he had to move on to the Giants in 96 because uh, Peter Angelos, uh, who, is, who is John Angelos, the, the now owner's dad, he said he didn't bleed black and orange enough. So, I mean, they, they sort of have a history of making the making they have an a history ass, of, it. Making an John ass Miller of themselves was... when it comes to their announcers. John Miller was, of course, and was one of the great, one of the great baseball voices. So the idea that you would move on from John Miller, and I think I, I do think this that it's it's a reason to stop and pause and appreciate, um, you know, just take the Grizzlies, uh, the, the, the fact that Pete and Brevin and uh, and Rob and that group can can say what they want to say when the team is not playing well. Um, I mean, I guess I sort of take it for granted. I don't think it would ever occur to the Grizzlies to 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 to, to stop Pete from uh, you know telling us that the Grizzlies hadn't shot well on a given night or right. whatever. Uh, just just nuts, just absolute nuts. Now, Hard Knocks episode one tonight. You are you a Hard Knocks guy? You, I mean, you, come on, you got uh, not as I, much. I have. I, n- n- not not as much, but I am interested in seeing if if and when Aaron, you know, how much Aaron Rodgers will be a part of this. I do think like the Jets are a compelling story this year, right? I, 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 honestly, Hard Knocks was tremendous at the beginning. After a while, it felt so heavily edited and so restricted that it was a little harder to get involved in it, right? To feel like this is worth your time. And um, to me, the Raiders. Uh, was sort of the apex of that when they, you know, it was very clear that they were, you know, that, and so, but I'll be interested. Sure. I'll be interested. Um, And I think, I suspect that Aaron Rodgers will come off looking very good um, in this, probably because I really do think he is being a team player in this. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I think he, so I think some of that's legit. And then I think, um, and then I think, and, and they will capture that, and they will show that. I mean, 
you know, Zach Wilson throws a 57-yard pass, I think, in the Hall of Fame game. I think that's what it was. And he shouted out Aaron Rodgers for calling the play. And um, afterwards, and I wouldn't be surprised if that makes it way its way in. You know, yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers' great team weight will be a theme tonight. Yeah, it's a compelling story, the Jets, but it felt like they didn't really want to do it. So I, I get what you're saying. Uh, we'll see how it goes, though. But, Jeff, appreciate it, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. See you, man. Yeah. That's Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on X, columnist of the Daily Memphian, also host of the Jeff Calkins Show, 9 to 11, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. But I am live here at the Service Master by Cornerstone Suite at TPC Southland, right ahead of the FedEx St. Jude Championship. And it is time as we go ahead and get to a break. We're going to, after the break, take a trip around the NFL right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Yeah. Now, back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Hospitality Tent at TPC Southwind for the 2023 FedEx St. Jude Championship on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Sweet out here at TPC Southwind ahead of the FedEx St. Jude Championship. I got to say, looks like all the golfers are done. They're cleaning up everything. I may be the last one out here, Connor. I'm getting a little lonely. I'm getting a little lonely. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very sorry. <laughs> Big man lonely. Yeah, but let's go ahead and take a trip around the NFL. The New Orleans Saints. Oh, the New Orleans Saints. This was a strange story that happened today. It was being reported that Kareem Hunt had been signed by the New Orleans Saints to say, okay, well, that is a great replacement. He's a guy who can catch a whole lot of passes. He can make some things happen. He's been with the Browns after getting traded, after multiple uh, issues with the law uh, from the Chiefs. But ultimately, he did not get signed. He did not get signed. And he would have been a good replacement for three games for Alvin Kamara ultimately. But he took a flight to Indy. He took a flight to Indianapolis. Looks like Jonathan Taylor's going to be out. They're going to try to find somebody to replace him. Kareem Hunt may be able to get a little a late bag, veteran minimum bag, if he signs with the uh, Colts. And certainly he'll, he'll get a lot of run if Jonathan Taylor's not going to participate. But I found this strange. It, it was in the bag this morning that Kareem Hunt was going to be a, a, a saint, but ultimately he is not going to be suiting up for the New Orleans Saints. Next. The Carolina Panthers. Um, apparently... Bryce Young is a quick study. Who, Of course. Of course he is. Going through the free draft process, everyone wanted to talk about, well, he's 5'10", he's 205, he's going to get hurt. Uh, you know, how can we really trust a guy that's this small? He's a quick study. He's smart. If you look at what he did at Alabama, it's, I mean, he's unbelievable. He had six, he, uh, completed 66% of his passes, 8,000, 8, I should say, 356 yards, 80 TDs, to 12 INTs, but apparently quarterback coach Josh McCown approached Frank Reich, who's the new coach for the Panthers, to have Bryce Young run a, a, a film study called Pizza and Protections with his offensive line, where they go through these exotic blitzes and they talk about them, and they, they talk about how he should point, who he should uh, ID as, as the Mike linebacker, and he, according to Frank Reich, absolutely aced it. It was flawless, but this shouldn't be a surprise. He was the number one overall pick. We wanted to poke holes in his game, but we saw him play 
at a high level at Alabama, that will translate to the Panthers. But what they need to do over the years, accrue more weapons, get him more help, and I think he should have a great career. Next. The Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know if you saw this one, Connor. Teddy Bridgewater signed with the Lions. And honestly, a good move, ultimately, for them. If Jared Goff goes down, they need somebody they can rely on because that team is at the top of the NFC North. They're favored to win the damn thing. Vikings won last year at 13-4. and four. Uh, The Lions won eight of their last ten, and they're looking to come into this season after being on hard knocks last season. They're looking to come in and finally win the NFC North for the first time in a long time. Now, they're going to be without Jamison Williams for six games. They still have Amon Ross St. Brown. They have some other targets that they can potentially get involved. Marvin Jones Jr. is back with them after uh, a year with the Jags. But they have a guy in Teddy Bridgewater that they can fall back on if everything goes wrong with Jared Goff because you don't want your season to just go directly down the tubes with a quarterback injury. Now, do I think that whole line will keep him upright and keep him from getting injured? Absolutely, yes. They have a top-five group in the league, and they've paid it as such. But you have to have a fallback plan. Teddy Bridgewater's perfect. The Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones on the Zach Martin holdout. Zach Martin is a 99 overall in Madden. He's the best guard we've seen in this generation. He's been to eight Pro Bowls in eight seasons. He's been an eight-time All-Pro, six-time first-team All-Pro. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he wants a bigger deal. Jerry Jones, though, says, I don't want to give you a bigger deal. I just gave Trayvon Diggs five years, $97 million. I'm going to have to pay that guy, Micah Parsons. I'm going to have to make sure I pay C.D. Lamb when his contract's up. And who knows about Dak? We're going to have to figure that out. But he says, we have got to move on without Zach Martin. His quote, you realize that not having him here, it could happen via injury on the next play. You've got to put that one on and say you just move on here without him, end quote. If you move on without him, that O-line is going to struggle this year. He is a captain. He's a leader. He's the best guard in the game. I think you should pay him. I think you should do whatever you can to keep his services for the Dallas Cowboys. But if Jerry Jones doesn't think that it's a uh, a priority right this second, I, I don't think I can change, change his mind or Stevens. The Baltimore Ravens. This was an interesting one, Connor. This was interesting. Peter King wrote a story for NBC Sports, um, and he, he sort of was talking about Odell Beckham Jr. They sat down had a good conversation with him. Odell Beckham Jr., was asked by Peter King what he would have done in the Super Bowl two years ago if he didn't get hurt. He said, quote, we would have beat him 42 to 17, talking about the Bengals. It was going to be the day where I catch 15 balls, maybe 250 yards. The game plan was for me. We would have beat him 42-17. People have no idea what I was actually going to do that day. End quote. Quite frankly, I want to hear your thoughts, Connor. I agree with him. He was, he was on the precipice of being unbelievable. I mean, he, he had caught a ball, and that's when he got the non-contact ACL injury. We haven't seen him play since then, but he was headed for a massive day in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, when, when I was watching, when you go back and you look at it, yeah, I think that it makes sense that he thought that. I'm not sure he would have reached 250 yards and all of those stats, but I think it would have certainly been a huge game for him. And I, I think that if you have a guy involved in Odell Beckham Jr. alongside Cooper Cup and some of the weapons they had on that offense – I think they probably would have had a better offensive day. They seemed to stall out and get a little worse once Odell Beckham Jr. went out. Right. I don't know about 250 yards, but he was headed for a massive day in the Super Bowl, and that would have definitely been a good legacy builder for him. But we haven't seen him play since then, and uh, I think Lamar could do a pretty good job of, uh, of helping him out and facilitating a good year for him 
this year. But that will do it for our trip around the NFL. Small talk is next. We'll do it when we come back. 92.9 FM ESPN. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now. It's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. And Small Talk is presented by the Memphis Touchdown Club. They have their fall speaker series coming to Memphis. Hilton Memphis is where all of the speakers will be held. Make sure if you want tickets or information on it, go to MemphisTDClub.com. Ryan Silverfield, there will be a lot of different speakers there. Uh, Clark Lee, um, just make sure you get by for um, one or multiple of those events because it's going to be great at Hilton Memphis. Now, we did talk about the crazy brawl that broke out at a Montgomery, Alabama boat dock over the weekend. Now, courtesy of Philip Lewis via the Huffington Post, he has a Twitter uh, uh, a tweet he put out with a bunch of bullet points. You want to go through these bullet points, Connor? I'm going to go ahead. Yes, You ready for these? Yes. So the reason this was such a big deal is there was a private boat that was blocking a riverboat from getting in that was holding passengers. The captain of the riverboat um, that was being blocked remained away from the dock for 40 to 45 minutes because the private boat was blocking off his way. So that in itself, these guys were completely in the wrong in so many different ways. It's just ridiculous to think that they made that big of a fuss, tried to knock somebody trying to do his job, the security guard, out. Because he, he needed to get a riverboat docked. And it stayed away 40 to 45 minutes, and it was holding passengers. Um, now, 13 people. Only th- Isn't it surprising? 13 people detained? I figured it would be more in this entire fracas. Yeah, right? I, I guess I, I thought that it had the potential to be more. But here's what I'll say. I'm glad it's not more. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, because we, we talked about it yesterday. Sometimes Some people, it's like defense. Sometimes almost. people just got to get the, you know, they just got to get beat down. <laughs> they just got to get beat down. The, you know, talking about blocking it for 40 to 45 minutes, then jumping the security guard because he was trying to do his job. Ah, you deserve to be punched in the face. Yeah. Now, Daryl J. Roberts, who is the, uh, the police chief, in Montgomery, Alabama, mentioned all these details. 13 people detained. Ultimately, they were released. One, Richard Roberts, 48, white male, third-degree assault. So he's going to have to fight with that. Alan Todd, and by the way, these are just the, I mean, these are very white names. Extremely. Alan Todd, white male, one warrant pending. Zachary Shipman, 25, white male, one warrant pending. And they'll all be misdemeanor charges that they're going to have to fight. But those are very Caucasian names. Um, All of the warrants are for the owners of the private boat so if they were blocking off this this uh this big boat the the river boat they are they are in uh they are in trouble ultimately um one is in custody two are set to turn themselves in now this is where it gets a a a little uh, hairy for me our uh chair wielding man chair wielding man they have found out his name earlier this morning i had i had realized that they wanted him to contact the police to uh, talk and get into a full investigation. His name is Reggie Gray, the man wielding the folding chair. He's being asked to contact the police. Don't do it, Reggie. Don't do it, Reggie. Don't do it, Don't do it, Reggie. Make them put out a warrant. Fight the man. Do not do it, Reggie. It's a trap, but I will. I mean, that is is assault. Can we we call that a deadly weapon? That's a deadly weapon. Uh, Or was it a plastic? It was a plastic. I think it was plastic. I'm not sure I I want to call it a deadly weapon. I don't know. It it looked plastic, but if it was metal, we could call that a deadly weapon. Like, what is the, uh, you know, centrifugal force? Like, how soft 
does the material have to be before we uh, classify it as a non-deadly weapon? Should we bring back sports science and have them do <laughs> yeah. an investigation oh, on the chair and the velocity oh, yes. of, and the torque that he, that he was able to create with his swing? Was the second swing stronger than the first swing, or was the first string small? small? It's like, you know, all, <laughs> swing, all these things matter. All these things matter. Yes. But, Reggie, it's a trap, man. You got to, they're telling you to contact the police department. I don't know. Yeah, my question would be like, does that count as a warrant? Because if it doesn't, <laughs> no thank you. Am I being detained? <laughs> He's asking all the, all the law. I do questions. not recall. I do yeah, not recall. But Reggie Gray, Reggie Gray is uh, the hero of content. I mean, he, he owned the content, and we have a name. Reggie Gray is the man who was. <laughs> have you seen that Walmart? chair went full WWE. Have you seen that Walmart has put folding chairs on that. the end of aisles and at a discounted that. price? Were they like thirteen bucks? Well done. I may need to show up and get one. I mean, those are those are useful to have around the house, put in the shed. Honestly, for when you have company, people should buy the folding chairs and then go to Reggie Gray and let him sign it. <laughs> oh my! Help gosh. pay for his legal fees. You could, you know, you know, you know whose signature is it? This is this is an American hero. Yeah, <laughs> Reggie Gray. <laughs> the Battle of Montgomery. Yes, but according to J- Daryl J. Roberts, again, the police chief. The investigation is ongoing, and more charges are likely. So uh, we'll, we'll try to keep you updated as we can on the uh, brawl that happened at a boat dock in Montgomery, Alabama, over the weekend. But we have one more hour left in the show. We'll get to the Blitz around 6.30. Have to talk about the Orioles and what they've done to their poor play-by-play guy. Uh, but coming up next, uh, my podcast co-host, a guy that knows a lot about Tigers. We're going to have to talk some NFL. Christian Fowler, he'll be next, 92.9 FM ESPN.